when you were younger, maybe when you were older, you ever wondered what it would be like to be born into royalty, like, like your dad was really like a legitimate king of some nation, you know, and just told people to do this or do that, and the whole country was at your beck and call. Wouldn't that be, that'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it, actually? Yeah, maybe. Depends on what the country was, you know. And uh, uh, that's a great song. We are a child of the king, and uh, who owns not just uh, uh, not just runs a nation or or has uh, rulership over a nation, but has created all things. That's that is our king, and he is a king. It's okay. We just we're looking at that tonight and discipleship on Jesus. He is king. If listen, the Bible says the kingdom is within us. You get born again. You are born into into the uh, as a child of God. You are you are in the kingdom of God. And I don't know a kingdom that doesn't have a king. And uh, we are a child of the king. Great song. All right, Numbers chapter 21. 21. Numbers 21. Kind of missing the, uh, the special from last week. Anything, anything on, the, on the horizon here? Somebody would get well back there. She's hoping she gets well too soon. <laughs> Be praying for Tricia and Dominic. Their their life is about to change again soon, and uh, we'll be praying for her for a uh, for a safe delivery and all such as that. I know. It's, uh, she called yesterday and Sherry's was it yesterday or the day before and Sherry's oh no it's Tricia and of course it was just nothing it was nothing at all and actually Dominic yesterday told me that they they called knowing that you would probably get excited and they thought it was funny so so be prepared for more calls they'll probably tease you with that I, I said no cry wolf you don't want to do that so all right numbers 21 numbers chapter 21 i remember it was about 1995 i had got on a flight and flew up to new england for just a few days for about a week maybe it was and uh and I was heading heading home, and I was so excited. I can handle about four days in New England. And uh, I got on the plane, and I was headed home, and I was so excited. The plane landed in Kansas City. My truck was there. I was so excited. I was home. It was nice. It was summertime. It was warm. And I got in my truck. My truck was, at the time, it was a 69 Chevrolet. Had 400 small block in it, you know, it ran pretty good, a little short box, nice, nice little truck. Drove that all the way from Aurora to Kansas City. That was a lot of gas, probably cost me more in fuel than the plane flight did, but, uh, but man, I like this truck. And uh, I, man, I got in my truck and I'm getting, get, getting out of the airport and I am heading south and I am so excited. I was so glad to be home and I'm traveling south and and all I could think about was getting home. The, I'm looking at the wide open spaces and cows and farms. And this is wonderful. And a sign that says next exit St. Joseph. And I went, no. How many know where St. Joe is from Kansas City? It's north. It's not south. <laughs> yeah. You ever have to backtrack? I hate backtracking I I that is if 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 you really want to never mind as a man I don't like to backtrack it's just 
It just doesn't say anything good about you at all. Nothing at all. And I was headed north, and and I never like heading north. The only place I really like heading north out of is Arkansas. Is that all right? Is that okay? Even Texas is okay to head north out of. But I, I, I'd much rather head south than north any 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 day. And uh, I was pretty bummed out, actually. I was... <laughs> Get a little cranky about it all. I had to turn around. And all, of course, I'm thinking, well, there goes 25 bucks in gas. I mean, I, I turn around. It, it was, it was like, it's about 40 miles north of the airport by the time you hit the, hit St. Joe. So I had an 80 mile pointless trip. And I still had three and a half hours to go to get home. I was not, I was not happy at all. And it's, what I'm saying is it can be pretty discouraging when you have to backtrack. It can be pretty discouraging. Whether it's because of a mistake, whether it's because of a detour, it doesn't matter. It's pretty discouraging. Actually, my sister Jen, one time, uh, Mother, you might not even know this. Uh, <laughs> she's not, my sister's not here. We're good with this. Uh, there was this trick they used to play, and they would say, We got to go home. We forgot something. We got to go home. We got to go back. And my mother would, uh, from what I was told, you would turn around and go home. I wasn't there. And you'd go home, and on the way you'd say, well, what did you forget? And they'd say, we forgot the guys. And there was an old guy's potato chip commercial. And the whole thing was, we forgot the guys. And they would do this. I don't know if you remember that or not. That's a detour. That's a bad detour. And my sister was about 30-some years old when she finally realized that was from a commercial. She was she was young and didn't realize what they were doing. She goes, oh, I just finally figured out what it was. Yeah, sorry for the sidetrack. We're talking about backtrack, and I'm going to have to backtrack now. See this? It's really irritating. And there's all sorts of reasons why we have to backtrack. And we go down the wrong way, and we have to turn around and waste a lot of time, a lot of gas, a lot of, a lot of energy. I just hate, I hate backtracking. And this is where we are in Numbers chapter 21. We're going to see a little bit of backtracking going on here. If you remember last week, Aaron has died. He's been replaced by his son Eleazar, and Israel has tried to go through the. They've tried to go through the land of Edom. We were there last week. They went, and the king said, uh, "Pretty much, no way, Hosea, get out of here, beat it." You're, you know, they brought their army out. There was a threat of a of a fight, and they said, "All right, fine." And they backed up and they turned around. And if you remember, as they were heading back south, now God made them made them stop at Mount Hor where he brought Aaron up and where Aaron died. He took his garments off, gave them to Eleazar. And uh, Moses and Eleazar came down from the mountain. And so to get around Edom now, they're going to have to go to the east. I didn't find my maps to bring. I'm sorry. I wish I did. Uh, that'd be really... i, I got to find those old maps. Those are cool. And uh, they had to go to the east. So here they are at the bottom almost... Kadesh, down south of the Dead Sea. They would have had it. Now they have to go back down further and go around all the way to the east, around Edom, and back up to the north and down into, eventually down into Canaan from the north. So they're going to leave the mountain of Hor. Now they're going to be traveling south all the way back down to the Dead Sea. I'm sorry, to the, to the Red Sea. Okay? From most accounts, Israel has been in Kadesh Barnea for 38 years. Now, some, I, I've always had the, the thought process in times past that they just 
meandered through the through the desert and stuff. Some, some contend that no, they just kind of stayed put in Kadesh in the wilderness there for about thirty eight years, and here they are starting to move again. And uh, the backtrack alone now is going to cost them. I, I mean, they're only really twenty months from going into the going into Canaan, and uh, this backtrack could cost them. It might have cost them up to a year's worth of time. So they're not allowed to go down into Edom, and they're going to go back down south all the way to the all the way to the Red Sea, and then they're going to now they're going to swing all the way up east around Edom. Major, major backtrack. I don't want you to miss this tonight. If they had gone into the land when the spies came back, and they had listened to the two spies and gone into the land then when God told them to. They wouldn't be backtracking. They wouldn't have. They at this time they would have been in Canaan for thirty-eight years. They would have been establishing their homes. They would have been. They would have been set, setting up uh, home a little bit better here. But instead, they said no, and they walked away from the will of God out of fear and no faith. And here they are, thirty-eight years later, with a major backtrack that never, never would have happened. The backtrack is is entirely. The consequence of not believing God and moving when He said to go. So this is why we are here in Numbers chapter 21. And I notice here, another thing I noticed about backtracking, and I noticed it maybe a little application from my own life, is number two, backtracking makes you kind of cranky. Makes you a little cranky, doesn't it? You ever been there? From the time I jumped off my plane and jumped into my truck and noticed the sign from for St. Joe, Missouri, my demeanor changed quite a bit. And this is 1995. I can still remember. Was that 25 years ago? Is that 25? 35? 25? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't happy about it. I wasn't excited at all. And notice here in verse 4, we're going to pick it up in, in, in verse 4 where Brother Jim read beginning of verse 1. We're going to pick it up in verse 4. And it said, They journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. Look at this. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Their soul. What is your soul? It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. They were bummed out. They were discouraged. They were depressed. They might have been angry. They're irritated that they're having to go this way again. Now, now remember this. Um, the people here that are discouraged from the way are not the same people that said no at the entering in of, of Canaan under the spies. Much of the generation has died. This is a lot of this is the new generation here that's going to go into Canaan. There's still about 20 months to get rid of the rest of them before they go on in. But this is a new group of Israelites, of younger Israelites, uh, that maybe some of them, many of them, were born in Kadesh, Barnea. They've never known anything but Kadesh, Barnea. Think about that. 38 years in one place, possibly? At least 38 years out in the wilderness? These people, these kids that were born there, they've known nothing else. And now they're traveling all this way south. Maybe they've heard all the record from their parents of uh, what it was coming out of there. And we're like, we're doing this again? Why are we going this way? Why aren't we going? Who knows what was going on there? But all I know is this. They weren't happy about it. 
They weren't happy about it at all. They were discouraged. And in verse 5, they actually speak against God and Moses. Look at verse 5. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth, loatheth this light bread. What was the light bread? Mm-hmm. Manna. Now think about this. These kids right here, these people 38 years old and younger, have never eaten anything else but manna. It's all they've ever known was manna. Could you imagine three meals a day? Yeah, what's for supper, manna? What's for breakfast, manna? What does manna mean? How many remembers what that means? It means what is it? <laughs> what's for supper? What is it? <laughs> What's for, what's for lunch? What is it? Nobody knew what it was, right? Kind of like coriander seed, the Bible said. This is all they've known. And now they're, they're so irritated that they're complaining to God and complaining to Moses. And, you, and, and realize, you've got, we do have to realize this, this is a different group of people because you're thinking, when will they ever learn? All we've heard about is the same people complaining, 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 complaining. Well, this is a new batch of complainers, okay? But the majority of them are a new batch of complainers. But notice what they complained about. They told God and Moses that you brought us out here to die. No bread, no water. This miserable food that we eat day in and day out. Kind of sounds like their parents, doesn't it? Kind of like they might have learned it, huh? So Israel is really cranky right now. They're pretty upset and they are blaming God. Now this is the first time really... We see Israel blaming God. Generally, they blame Moses and Aaron. And Aaron went to Moses and Aaron went went to God. And uh, but uh, here they're flat out blaming God. They're flat out blaming God for all of their problems. But God in verse six and nine is going to temper their attitude a little bit. Yeah. Martin, has your parents ever tempered your attitude? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? Yeah. Look at verse 6. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. Now, when I was younger, I liked snakes. How many, likes, how many guys like snakes when you were young? Any girls like snakes? Okay. Yeah. Nova does. Nova raised her hand. <laughs> wow. Nova's never been bit by a snake. I love to catch snakes. I was trying to get this one snake one time, and a big black snake, and he bit me. It was That was probably the end of my snake-catching career. It ended pretty quick in about sixth grade. And this thing turned around and got me in the thumb, and it just bled like a stuck hog all over the place, you know. And uh, it was pretty fun. Uh, and I learned a lesson, you know. They, they can... They're fast. They're faster than me. They're really fast. And he was not real happy about me trying to pick them up. And, uh, but snakes bite, don't they? Yeah. Snake bites hurt. Has anybody ever been bit by a poisonous snake in here? Anybody? By a poisonous snake? By a non-poisonous snake beside me? See? All the ones who like snakes have been bitten by them. That makes no sense at all. Maybe... Maybe this is the wisdom of all these people that don't like snakes. They've not been bit by one, right? A good snake is a dead snake. I remember, I remember 
brother, I remember brother Bishop talking about a, 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 a rattlesnake he had chopped the head off of, and he went to pick it up, and the, without the head, the thing still turned around and tried to, tried to, the muscle reaction of it was still trying to strike at him. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, these, these were snakes from God, and they bit the people. These were, it doesn't say what they were, but they're poisonous snakes because the people are dying. They're dying. So we see here that many of the complainers were bit. And many of the bitten died. Okay? And because of all the biting and because of all the dying going on, they come to Moses. And notice here what they, what they do. And verse 7, Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. So now, don't miss what they did here. They came to Moses. They admitted that they had sinned. They confessed what their sin was. And then they asked Moses to ask God to take away the serpents. So God has a way of tempering their attitudes, doesn't He? Yeah. And in verse 8, we see this here. God gives Moses a brazen serpent. The Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon the pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. So, this brass material, this brass serpent was wrapped around a pole or hung up on a pole. You can see that in the medical field today. That's still the, the emblem for the medical field. That The two snakes woven up the pole for healing, for healing. And he says the pole is to be lifted up for everybody to see. Everybody who wanted to look at the serpent on the pole had the ability to look at the serpent on the pole. And everybody who was bitten, who wanted to be healed, had the ability and the opportunity to look at the pole and be healed. Whosoever will may come. And we see that here, don't we? And there's so much that could be preached here, and I'm not going to preach this section of chapter 21. I want to look at something else tonight. But this is a beautiful illustration of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who remember what he said, and I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. And here we see a beautiful typology of the Lord Jesus Christ lifted up for healing, for healing. And we look to Christ, and I'm telling you what, only Jesus can heal a sin sick soul, can he? Yep. So only those bitten needed to be healed. And I said just a little bit ago, all of those who were bitten could be healed if they wanted to. So here God tempered the attitudes of His people. And here we see here in verse 10, look at this. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in Oboth. Isn't it amazing how an attitude adjustment can cause us to go the way that God wants us to go. Kind of reminds you maybe when you're a kid and that fiery belt was so good at tempering an attitude 
And it really helped you to go the way that your parents wanted you to go. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. 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 You know what I've noticed in society? You know who's shooting up and killing people? The ones that were never whipped as a kid. Yeah. Oh, it'll make them violent. I guess you've proven that wrong. (laughs) Yeah. You got whipped as a kid. You sure did learn authority. Didn't you? These kids have nothing done. Stop. Stop. Focus. Yeah. An attitude adjustment. God had to bring circumstances into the life of Israel due to their complaining because they had to backtrack because they didn't do what God wanted them to do in the first place. (coughs) Bless me. Thank you. Man. It's not COVID. You don't sneeze with COVID, okay? I read it in a list of things. Sneezing is not on there. Okay. In your spiritual life, have you ever had to backtrack? Maybe God brought you to a place in your life where you had to move to a place of obedience and you didn't trust Him enough to do it. You ever been there? (laughs) Maybe, maybe Maybe tonight. Maybe tonight God is... Brought you to the doorstep of His will. And you're saying, oh, I don't know. The outlook's kind of bleak. Yeah. Yeah. The fruit's big. <laughs> Land of milk and honey. But the giants are big. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. No, no. Here, here is Israel right now because of they didn't go through when God wanted them to. They're in a period of their life of backtracking that's going to eat up a lot of time, and it's irritating them, irritating them so much that they're blaming God. And I'm just wondering tonight if it's possible that God has brought you to the doorstep of His will in your own personal life tonight. You are at a crossroad in life, and God wants you to go a certain direction. And you're hesitating. Maybe it was a relationship that he said, no. No, you're not going this way. Back away from that. Maybe, maybe it's a vice that God has been working on you to get out of your life. And he's saying, today, tonight, it's got to go. Today, it's got to go. If you're going to get where I want you to go, these things have got to be taken care of. Maybe it's a decision as a parent and child rearing and the way you're going to rear your children. Maybe, maybe it was a call to ministry. Some people have been there. Called to ministry and they said no. Their whole life is like a backtrack. Never quite getting to where God wants them to be. Maybe it's about an issue about trusting God. And your tithes and your offerings and your giving and trusting God in those areas. And God's saying, trust me here. Do this. Trust me. 
We've got Faith Promise Missions coming up, and many of you are going to start praying about what God would have you to give to missions. And God will put a number on your head, on your mind. He'll put a, a, a number, and you'll go, boy, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And you're at an intersection in your life. You're at a crossroad in your life where you can just trust God and see what He's going to do. Or you could be at a crossroad in your life where a door closes because you just said no. And you're going to start on a, a grouchy path of backtracking. And now you're getting discouraged. <laughs> now you're getting discouraged in the way. Now maybe you're at a place in life where you're just complaining against God. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, it's not the preacher's fault anymore. Now it's just God's fault. No. <laughs> not your spouse's fault. Not your kid's fault. It's, it's not your co-worker's fault. Now, now you've just come to a place that's just God's fault and you're mad at Him now. Yeah. This, this may be a news flash to you. I, I hope not, but... Can I tell you, it's not God's fault you've refused to obey? We've been given all things that pertain unto life and godliness. We've had the indwelling Spirit of God. We can trust Him. We can, we, can, we can believe Him. We can obey Him. We've been given everything necessary. It's not His fault. And if there's ever been a place where God has brought you to a crossroad of decision and you said no... The door of opportunity closes. It did for Israel, didn't it? Spent 38 years in Kadesh, and then the backtracking started. The door closes. Do you know some of those people to whom that door closed never got there? God wasn't going to allow it? Why? Well, it wasn't faith. And it's possible that as the waiting period goes on, you're just spinning your wheels, going around and around sometimes, or turning around and having to go another way and backtracking, and just wasted time, wasted time. A continued period of unrest, continued period of a rotten attitude, just uncontent, unhappy. You were making good progress at one time. You remember that? You might have been making pretty good progress, but your unbelief, the disobedience, might have closed the door, and now you feel like you're starting over. So here's the question. What are we to do in the times of backtracking? I, there may not be anybody here in, in a backtracking, but in case you ever get there sometime, remember this. <laughs> what do we do when we find ourselves, you know it in your heart, the Holy Spirit of God has put His finger on it, and you know it, He's, he's pointed it out to you tonight, and you're in a place in your life when you're backtracking, and it feels like you, all this progress that you made is all gone, and you're just back at, back at the starting point. What do you do? Verse 7, repent. Just, just get right with God. 
Verse 7, therefore the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. Boy, that's a great starting point, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The, one of the greatest things you can ever do is learn to be honest with God. He already knows your heart. He already knows, he already knows about it. He knows how to temper attitudes without having to send fiery serpents. If you just be honest with them. Repent. We have sinned. Look at this. We have spoken against the Lord. They confessed what the sin was. We've charged God with something that wasn't His fault. It was their fault. It was their parents' fault. The backer, it, was, it wasn't God's fault at all. You see that? He said, pray to the Lord and take away the serpents from us. So if you find yourself in a place where you've been backtracking for a little bit, felt, felt like you've lost ground, just get right with God and admit it and tell Him you've sinned. Just repent. And then what do you do next? There's only two things you have to do. This is really easy. Number one, repent. Number two, just get moving again. <laughs> just, just follow God again. Look at verse 10. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in Oboth. And from here down, you're going to see all these places that they begin to pitch. Pick up tent and go to the next one. Pick up, go to the next one. Pick up, go to the next one. It's going to be 20 months, 20 months from this place. And they're going to be in Canaan. Repent and just get moving again. Pretty simple, actually, isn't it? And if you will, listen, if you will continue to walk with God, He'll bring you to the place that He's wanted you all along. And you say, well, what is that place where God is wanted? Where, where is that place and what is at that place? Rest. Rest. Isn't that what you're looking for, actually? <laughs> Aren't you just looking for rest? Yeah. Not, not like physical rest. I told somebody the other day, I'll sleep when I die. Was it? Somebody's, we'll get plenty of sleep when I'm dead. It'll be okay. But this is a different rest we're talking about. This is a rest for the soul. The Bible says, ask for the old paths and walk therein. And, the, and, and therein shall you find rest for your souls. That's what you're looking for, isn't it? Would you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3? Hebrews chapter 3. This Bible, sometimes Hebrews is in here and sometimes it's not. Come on, stop it. You act. You. That was tough. Are you there? Hebrews 3? I am finally. Tell you what, let's stand. We'll end with this. Look at Hebrews chapter 3, look at verse 16. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in 
because of unbelief. Look at verse 1 of chapter 4. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us, of entering into his, what? Rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he has said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. There's the rest of salvation, but there's rest in salvation in God's will. And so often... The rest that God has for us is elusive. Because there was a crossroad possibly in our life. Or maybe there's a crossroad even tonight that you're at. That you're hesitating to say yes. And the door has closed or the door might close. And you find yourself in a place backtracking. And the rest is gone and you're still looking for it and you can't find it. Can I tell you tonight... If you just get right with God, if you confess it, if you'd admit it, yeah, and just get moving again, God will bring you to the place of rest that He has for you. Absolutely. Father, we so crave the spiritual rest in our life. I'm so thankful for the peace that we have with you and we have your peace also. Peace with God and the peace of God. I'm thankful for the rest in our salvation, our rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I know also at the time in our times in our journeys with you that we get out of your will because of unbelief constantly searching for that rest again. Lord, I don't know where people are tonight. You know where they are in their life. I just pray tonight you would help us. That to those that are at a crossroad tonight that need to make a decision, that tonight they would just obey you and trust you. That they would not find themselves, they they trust you to where they're not finding themselves backtracking. That they could just move forward for you. You'd help them to do that tonight. And maybe there's some in here tonight that have, that have came to a crossroad in life where they said no. And now they've had to backtrack a lot. I pray tonight, God, you'd move in those hearts that they would just get right with you, admit it, and begin to follow again. You'd bring them to that rest what you want for them. Lord, maybe there's somebody here tonight again. I just They've never entered into the rest of salvation. That they would come tonight, we would show them through the Word of God how they could know the rest in Christ. Lord, would you do a work in the, visit, in, in the invitation tonight, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. The piano.